Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Your goodness and your mercy pursues us all the days of our life. Even the days when we're broken, even the days we feel like we're bound up, your, your, your goodness and your mercy is pursuing us. And we're so thankful. We're so thankful. Just tell him thank you one more time. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Whew. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's be seated. And uh, it's always hard to move on. But we're not moving on because he's still going to speak. And he's, um, he's got some things to do today. Some chains to break today. All right. I do have a couple of announcements. And when I say a couple, like six. Communities. Man. So one of our goals at the Acreage household is to make it to all the communities this year, this semester. And that we're doing our best. We got one down. Come on. We're winning. Uh, So... If you've not signed up for community, we have some amazing uh, communities that have opened up. We're in week, this will be week three of communities. And so it is not too late to sign up. Um, Don't miss out on the body of Christ and what, sorry, I'm just like, I have to be symmetrical. And like, I see the aisle, it's not working. So Um, don't miss out on what God's doing through communities Sign up, thedwellingchurch.org, uh, click, click that find a community button. Um, there are, you might have noticed when you walked in by the greenery wall, there's just a lot of black bags out there on a the table. Those are go bags. Our outreach team has, has put some go bags together for you to pick up on your way out, to keep them in your back seat. Uh, and as you see people in need on the street, if you're eating out lunch today or whatever, you see people that are on the street or whatever, they just, there's socks in there, there's snacks and like, water and there's some, yeah, there's really good stuff in there that just get somebody through a, huh? Yeah. Outreach team. Let's give it up for these guys for having the idea. It's an awesome idea. Um, so pick one of those up. They're free. Just take them and give them to somebody in need this week. Um, it's already been mentioned, but parents night is happening March 14th. You can register on the website. Uh, we just want to get together and equip parents and encourage parents, and that's what the purpose of that is. It's just like, hey, we got we got some parents that have babies in the house, and we've got parents that have teenagers in the house, and we just all need some wisdom. How about I, I'm the am I the only one? I need loads of wisdom to be a parent, and so and we need each other too. So that's what that's about. That's happening the 14th. Register on the website. All right. So let's kick in. Let's just jump into the message today. Uh, This is message two of a series we're calling Becoming. How many know you're becoming something? You are are not a stagnant person. You are either, as C.S. Lewis said, becoming a creature, a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. How many want to be the former and not the latter? Okay, like becoming more like Jesus. And uh, there's, there's a couple of passages. There's one passage um, in Romans where it says that God's will for your life is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Yeah. 
And then Romans 8, 29, it says, for, the, for those God foreknew, he knew about. How many know God knew about you? He also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. All that means is God knew about you and his goal for you the whole time is for you to, be, to look like Jesus. It's just to be conformed into his image that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And I've, I've been reading a book lately by Robert Mulholland and it's called Invitation to a Journey. And I kind of recommended it last week, but I fully recommend it this week. Um, no, it's a great, it gives language to this journey that we're all on as believers. I think we need really good language for it. And we almost need like a roadmap. And this creates a roadmap of what discipleship actually looks like in somebody's life. And that's what this series is about. So I'm borrowing a lot of his words, just FYI, I'm going to quote him a lot. But, uh, but that's a great book if you want to read that. We'll put that up on our resources um, uh, page on the website so you can find it, an Amazon link or whatever. But it's Invitation to a Journey by Robert Mulholland. And he defines spiritual formation this way. The process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. I hear two things. It's a process. It's not a microwave Beep, beep, and you're done. It's not as much as we love those powerful encounters with God. How many know the Christian life is not just about powerful encounters? It's about a lifestyle of encounter day in, day out. And, and, and last week we said, don't miss the mundane. Don't dismiss the ditches. Don't, don't, don't just brush over the seemingly inconsequential moments of your life because no moment of your life is inconsequential. The choices in your life matter and the choices we make are even either getting us down the road looking more like Jesus or not. And so what we talked about last week was this inside out of transformation, right? It's a work that Jesus begins in us and it requires partnership, all right? But this week I wanna talk about the hard stuff, of spiritual formation, because we I, I don't know about you, but I think about spiritual formation becoming like Jesus. Oh, that sounds so sweet. That sounds so wonderful. Don't we all want to be like Jesus? Yes, it's hard. And that's what I want to talk about today. But before I do that, Daniela and Bethany, y'all come on up. Give it up for Daniela and Bethany. Where you at? Y'all gonna have to run. They're clapping. They've been clapping a while. <laughs> All right. So uh, what I'm what I'm trying to do, <laughs> what I'm trying to do is is us hear testimonies. How I many new testimonies are powerful? And sometimes I just need to hear where somebody is on their journey or where they've been on their journey. It kind of keeps me going. How about you? So Danielle, I want you to share first and. Danielle, I just want these guys to just share a little bit of the journey they've ever been on or currently on, um, just so we can get in on it with them. Hi, guys. God is so good all the time, yes. Don't you love it when the Holy Spirit just, like, works and just pulls everything together, like, from Circle Up Today um, to the song and now what we're talking about. But I had no idea I was going to share today until last minute. But um, 
God has really brought me through a lot <laughs> um, throughout my life. And I have been a Christian ever since I was a little girl, but I didn't have an intimate relationship with Jesus really until my late teens, early 20s, when God told me to ditch nursing school and go to a ministry school. Because, you know, you can only go off on learning Jesus from your parents. You have to, at some point, discover Jesus on your own and build a foundation. So he went, he, we went through a lot, but highs and lows. And so just to have some context, I just want to read on Ecclesiastes 3. And it's from verses 1 to 8 and then um, 9, 10, 11. Um, so it says, there is a time for everything. And I, I do believe that in our, in our walk with the Lord. We're, we're not just staying on, in one place. We go through different stages. And um, verse 1, it says, for everything there is a reason. And I'm reading off of um, New Living Translation. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. Um, and if I jump down to 11, well, 10, sorry, Holy Spirit, 10 Holy Spirit says, I have seen the burden, or basically he's telling me that, Daniela, I have put a burden in you to see eternity. I'm going to read it. I have seen the burden of God is placed on, my, on, 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 on us all. He has planted eternity in every human heart. So when we were created, like, and eternity was already created in us, okay? So there's no way we can't know God. Like, you can look at the trees, you can recognize his goodness, right? You can look at history and how people have recovered from history and, you know, the Great Depression and people recovered from that. You can see God moving because it's eternity is kind of like that lens that gives us access to see things the way God sees is what this verse is talking about. And so if I go back to 11, he says, Yet, God has everything beautiful for its own time. So, you know, I'm 29 now. I'm almost 10 years being in this intimate journey with God. And I'm telling you, it's not always the high. It's not always the good times. There are definitely times where you go through things. And um, I didn't realize, I forgot that this was here because for the last six months, I have been going through what I call the ugliest season of my life. Not outwardly, but inwardly. The Daniela you see up here is not always so happy, not always so joyful. There are times where I'm irritable. There are times where I snap. There are times where 
if you're watching my roommates, Tracy and Kathy online, there are times that they've seen me at my low and they've seen me make a mistake. I'm not always this joyful girl up here. And I'm here to say is that every single one of us, we go through stages. And he says it here that it's not always a season of like, harvest. There are going to be times where we're going to be torn down, but we're going to build up. I like how the Holy Spirit like says after like tear down, build up, right? (laughs) Cry, laugh, grieve, dance. Like he's not leaving us at the cry. He's basically that period moving from cry to laugh. It's a waiting. It's a process like Gunnar is saying. And so I stand here today. I just like, yeah, it's been six months of this. Like, it, it's been six months crying to Bethany and Gunnar about the season I'm going through and telling them out of all this season, I feel like this is, has been the hardest I've gone through. I feel like I'm, I'm the ugliest person this season, and I don't know. I don't like this version of me. And then when I read 11, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me at work. And at 2 o'clock, you know, I'm a night auditor, so I have to stay up, but... At two o'clock, the Holy Spirit was like, but yet, Daniela, in time, I will make these things that you see ugly now beautiful. So if you're here today and you've been on this long journey with alongside like me, just know that the Holy Spirit is not done yet. When he's, he says he's a good God, right? He's a good father. He means it. He's a good father when you go through a season where it's just harvest. And he's a good father when you go through seasons when you're grieving. And I don't mean just losing someone physically, but you're grieving a version of your old self because he's doing something in you that requires these stages because you need to reach the people. It's called anointing, but that's another lesson for another day. But like, you need to go through these things so that you can reach the people you need to reach. It's as simple as I can put it. And so if this is you, I encourage you to read Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what he revealed to me. Yet, it will, time will come where he's going to make it beautiful. It's going to make it be beauty for ashes, right? So that's it. Thank you. <laughs> so now it's time for the invitation. I'd like everybody to walk the aisle. Everybody, just come walk this aisle right now. So Gunnar, um, I think it was this morning, he, um, he asked me, to share a piece of my testimony. And I asked about what, and he said, control. So it's not obvious, right, what God's doing in my life. Um, No, Jesus bought my freedom from control when he died on the cross. He bought it a long time ago. But I'm in process of learning how to walk in the freedom that he's given me. And so control is rooted in fear. So for those of us who struggle with this particular thing, we don't want to just be in charge just to be in charge. We're walking around afraid of getting hurt, of experiencing something horrific of the people around us that we feel like we're supposed to be in charge of getting hurt and it being our fault. So for years, I walked around like that. 
making sure everything was right. I had to do everything right, or there would be terrible things happen. Um, control has brought me to some of the lowest places in my life, and places I not, never would have thought I would have found myself. Situations or, or heart postures that I would have never thought that I would have found myself in. But sometimes with control, our God is so kind and patient and slow with us sometimes that sometimes the only way to start letting go of control is to drive yourself into the ground, trying to make things okay yourself, trying to control things, trying to make things right on, in your own strength. And so then at that point, when you drive, when I, I'll just put I in there, when I drove myself into the ground trying to make everything around me okay, and I realized it was still a dumpster fire. I was trying to protect people from getting hurt because I felt like that was my responsibility, but I was the hurter. I was the one causing the damage most of the time because of my tendency to control. So when you get so tired of trying to control things that you finally just start to let go and he slowly starts to change your mind and he slowly starts to teach you better and starts to show you his goodness and how he intervenes in situations much better than you ever could with your own effort. So that's the journey I've been on. And I feel like he set me free from so much, some of it through his word, some of it through just speaking through circumstances, and some of it, a lot of it, has been thanks to you, the people around me, my community, who have supported me in this journey and who have spoken truth to me and who have let me know it's okay. It's okay to just let go. God's got this. We've got this together. It's gonna be okay. You're a good mom. He loves you just the way you are. You don't have to be perfect. You have gifts. All of these things. So in this journey of letting go of control, it's a whole lot better on this side. I'm not completely, I'm not completely there, but he's still teaching me. But I want to thank you for your part. Most of you have played um, that you've been around for a while. I just, I just want to thank you for supporting me and letting me show up however it is I show up. So we're gonna keep walking this journey, but, um, but if you ever wanna talk about control or hear some of the books I've read or some of the things I've been through, or if you wanna feel better about your journey, I'll share some of mine. It's good stuff. How about just be real? I'm not talking about the app. I'm talking about just be real. Like people need you to show up real. Somebody needs you to show up real. All right. So being formed into Christ is a process. And oddly enough, I am talking a little bit about control today. Um, because... When we talk about spiritual formation, for a doer, for someone who just wants to get after it and get it done, when I talk about becoming like Christ, 
you automatically think, what do I need to do? What Bible reading plan do I need to start today? You know? And, and so what we do, and I think it's just normal, is we think, well, this is up to me. And so now I have to take charge of my spiritual life, and I have to become like Christ, and I am going to do this now. Starting today, day 100, you know, like, like while it does take partnership, becoming like Christ, being formed into his image is his thing. It's his work in our lives, okay? Yes, it requires partnership. It's the both and. If you don't like tension, you probably won't like the kingdom very much because you just live in the kingdom all the time. I mean, live in tension all the time in the kingdom. Yes, it is partnership, but it is his work in you and through you. And so the process of spiritual formation is being conformed into the image of Christ, not conforming ourselves into the image of Christ. So the difference between, Robert Mulholland says, the difference between forming ourselves and being formed is the vital issue of control. In order for the Lord to really do what he wants to do in our lives, it is going to require us to let go. It's going to require a measure of, I mean, we, we say this all the time, surrender. I don't know what you think about when you think about that word surrender. You might think about sins in your life, like I just surrender all, I surrender that to Jesus. But I think more than anything, the thing that is required of us to grow into Christ, to become like him, is this whole thing of what he modeled for us, not just in his whole life, but it came down to the to where the rubber met the road was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember the moment where he says, not my will, but yours be done. And there's this, if the Son of God was broken, let that, if the Son of God was broken, on his knees in a garden. Don't you think we need that too? So there's an issue of not my will, not my way, not my plans, not my preconceived ideas about what God wants. But no, nothing, it's not my will, but it's yours. And I want your will to be done even if it doesn't look like what I would plan out for myself. Understand, I'm not saying we live this fatalist attitude of like, well, whatever happens, happens. God's going to do what he wants to, and I'm just going to sit on my recliner, eat Cheetos, and God will have his will. It is partnership. But if it's up to me, I'm missing the point before I even start the race. And so... There is this tension. I, 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 don't, I don't know if you know this movie or not. It's kind of old. It's like in the 1990s. Um, first of all, let's start. Who knows who Jodie Foster is? Okay. All right. So there's this movie. If you're a sci-fi person, you'll get this. It's called Contact. 
two people. All right. <laughs> Winning in my illustrations already. Okay. So basically, Jodie Foster sits in this place and listens to signals coming from outer space, and she picks up on this, this signal. And so the more they just try to decipher the signal, they realize this is an intelligent species somewhere off in another galaxy trying to communicate with us. And so what happens is they, they actually decipher this message. And it's the plans to a, 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 a device that will allow them, uh, allow humans to travel to these aliens to make contact. And Jodie Foster is, because she's the one that kind of discovered it, she gets to be the one who rides in the little spacecraft to go meet the aliens. Some of you are like, where is this going? <laughs> so it's like this, if you've not seen the movie, um, it's, this, it's like this sphere. And it's like a ball that drops through this thing and you travel through time and space and it kind of breaks that whole space-time thing, and you go to see the aliens and contact them and all that. Well, Jodie Foster is sitting in this ball, and they're reading the plans, and they're like, well, we need to put a seat on here because there's no chair in the plans. And so they attach this big bolts, and they put this chair in there and strap her in, right? Because that's what you do if you go into, like, outer space or wherever, you know? I mean, it kind of makes sense. That's just what you do. You need a seat to sit in with a seat belt. And so she's in this craft, and this thing starts taking off, and she's flying through wherever, going wherever. And it's just like this scene in the movie, it lasts for like two or three minutes, but it's like intense because like she's shaking, like it's literally just about to shake her brains out. Like it's just shaking so hard, and she's just violently shaking in that seat. And then something happens, and I can't remember, I think it's like a, I can't remember what floats by her face, but it's just this peaceful thing that floats by, just some debris that was, was in the craft. And she goes, and undoes her seatbelt, and then she's weightless. And all that just chaos just becomes peace. And then the chair breaks off because it wasn't meant to be there in the first place. And that speaks to me so much when I, when I saw that movie. I was like, do you know, we add a lot of things to God's plan in our lives that just make it so hard on us. Whereas if we just let go, if we try not to protect ourselves, if we try not to, to stabilize our life, if we would literally just lay back and let the river take us, y'all, that's terrifying. Because we are no longer in control when that happens. And, but that's, that's what it requires to grow in God. Robert Mulholland says, being formed goes totally, radically against the ingrained objectification perspective of our culture. Graspers powerfully resist being grasped by God. Manipulators strongly reject being shaped by God. Controllers are inherently incapable of yielding control to God. Spiritual formation is the great reversal from being the subject who controls all other things to being a person who is shaped by the presence, purpose, and power of God in all things. It's really hard to try to control your life 
it makes it harder when you do. It's like Bethany said, it'll drive you into the ground. And just to pose a question right now, I feel like there's probably a number of us in this room who feel stuck in our Christian life. I don't know the reason you're stuck, but I want you to ask yourself the question, is it because my hands are too tightly grasping where I feel like God is leading me? Is it because I, I am white-knuckling my spiritual life when it should just look like this? Could it be that the turmoil and the chaos in your soul doesn't have so much to do with the outward situations in your life or people in your life, but maybe how firmly you're grasping onto something that is violently shaking you, whereas you just let go. If you just let, just get out of the seat. Just let, let the belt loose and just, just be free in God. And some of you are like, well, that's very irresponsible. <laughs> and you're who I'm talking to today. I was, uh, I had the opportunity to go to Nicaragua several years ago. The Hoopers were there. Um, and uh, it was a powerful trip. We, we got to go into homes and share the gospel and bring food and stuff like that. And almost every house you go in, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. You, every house you go in, they give their lives to Christ. You can see people's hearts just melt right before you. And you share the gospel and they're like, I've never heard this before. <laughs> Not like that. And, and they, they, yeah, well, yes, we say yes to Jesus, you know. But, um, but one, one of the days, it, it wasn't a ministry day. It was a day um, that had the most impact on me on that trip. I was in a season of my life before stepping out of my current ministry role to learn how to plant a church. We, we had already said yes to planting a church long before the dwelling was ever a thing. It was just a dream in our hearts, and a, we felt like an obedience call from the Lord. And we spent a day, spent a few hours at a potter's house. And this actual vase, or whatever this is, came from that place. It was made by this potter. And we, we got the privilege to watch this potter work his magic on a block of clay. And we got to see the process all the way through. And it was interesting. It was wonderful. It was like, I, don't, I learned a lot. It was educational. But the whole time, I am just trying to hold it together. And I actually walk away because I'm like, I'm about to lose it right here in front of all these people over a pottery wheel. Like, what is going on? But the Lord was so, it's like his presence. And it's like this, you know, sometimes you just have this awareness. God is talking right now. And as I watched that man beat that clay and soften that clay up and break it so that it's actually something he could actually do something with, I just saw myself. And I saw what the Lord was doing in that season of my life of just softening me up. And you think, well, the Lord's softening your heart. You think that would be a, a gentle thing. Sometimes, especially when we fight against what he wants to do, 
things in our life just get really hard. And not that God would send pain. He's not the author of suffering. He's not the author of sickness. I think that's bad theology. But I do think that we cannot avoid those things or run from those things when those sometimes are the very things that mold us, the very things that break us, the very things that make us pliable. I was broken at about 26, 27 years old with cancer. It broke me. Um, Was it from the Lord? No. But if I look back at my life and I think of the lessons that I learned and I think of the nearness of God in that, and just how as a young man, I really was put in a place where I had no other option but to fully trust and fully rely on him for my very life. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Now, going through it, I'd trade it with anybody. Dan, you want this? Here. I love you, but I can't do this anymore. It's hard. But you're becoming something. And I know those words sound cheap when you're right in the middle of suffering. Some of you guys have been through things in your life that I can't, I can't even wrap my mind around. <laughs> like, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And, and like, you're... You've, you've walked through that and you've found healing through that. Some of you are walking through situations right now are, that are so hard, they're just, it doesn't even make any sense. Some of you are, are walking through things that nobody knows about. And I, I'm, I'm just saying those, those things, those hardships and all that, it's not from the Lord. But what I am saying is... I, if, if, I, if I can just, and I know these words sound cheap, but by the Spirit of God to your hearts today, like if we could change our perspective about what we're going through and actually see a glimmer, just a glimmer of hope on the other side that what we're becoming through this stuff is crazy good. <laughs> like not just we're going to be okay when it's done. But what's going to come out on the other side is something beautiful. I love that even the testimonies went right along with what we read. I'd ask Daniela right over there. She's like, I've got to tell you what God's doing in my life. I was like, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about today. So get up there. But he's making, listen, this doesn't happen on accident. Like it doesn't happen by accident. It, this was a lump of ugly, hard Stubborn clay at one point. But it was, it was, it was broken. It was, it was, it was, man, it had some pressure on it. It had some pressure until it finally said, okay, I will participate. I will cooperate with these hands that are around me, molding me perfectly into something beautiful. And let me tell you something else. I thought about this this morning. This clay, over time, this clay will harden. 
The Father loves you enough. He's not going to let you harden yet. He's not done yet. He's not going to let you harden up in the state that you are. That's why you feel the pressure. And can I just tell you, if you feel pressure in your life right now, know that the Father's hands are holding you and molding you and nothing you're going through is wasted. Nothing you're going through is wasted. Now, some of it might be illegal and we need to pray. I'm not saying this is the tension of the both hand. Let's pray for the enemy to take his hands off your life. But when God has his hands on your life, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's confrontational, that's what I want. I don't like it in the moment, but I need his hands on my life. Spiritual formation is not comfortable. It is uncomfortable because it is primarily the broken parts of us that are being conformed into Christ-likeness. And in order for those broken parts to change, they have to be confronted. And who likes confrontation? Nobody. Jamin does. You're strange. So... Yeah, you're going to see the parts of your life that look like Daniela said. I see this ugliness. And I love the vulnerability of that because some of you mercy people want to say, no, no, Daniela, that's not ugly. Don't counsel conviction out of somebody. If they need the Lord to show them what's going on in their lives. Um, I have seen ugly, ugly, ugliness come out of me. And I'm so thankful. It was not pleasant at the time. But I'm thankful I saw it because God could never heal it if I didn't, if I didn't acknowledge it. Is that not what the Bible says? Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I wonder how many things we think we just can't be vulnerable about. And then we're not being formed because we're holding our secrets. And we're, or maybe we're not willing to just say, yeah, this is ugly. Like God says, I'm beautiful. But he sees the end. And right now, there's some ugly stuff in my life. But this is what he's making me. And I'm not going to get stuck on my ugly and broken parts. Because I know what's coming. Some of you need to hear that today. You're not who you are right now. You're who he says you are. And when he called your name, he saw the end from the beginning. When he hung on the cross, the work that he did for you back then is still working in you. You realize that? It wasn't when you were 14 at VBS or whatever. That's too old to be at VBS, isn't it? But you know what I mean. It wasn't that one-time prayer like, Jesus, come into my heart, but... And then boom, no, salvation is working its way all the way through you until you become something beautiful. So what are your challenges right now? What are the things that are stretching you? What are the things that are putting pressure on your life? What are the challenges in your life? Can I encourage you? Lean in to it. Now, our, our, 
our first response is just to run. Get the heck out of there. I don't like this. This hurts. But if we'll lean in with him, and if we'll lean in the community, who, by the way, are designed to bear your burdens with you. So if something feels too heavy, another question would be, am I sharing this? Am I letting my family, my spiritual family, carry this with me? Not condemnation, just like, man, I hope there's just hearts set free all over this place today. Because maybe you see for the first time, I can open up. I can open up and be honest about how I feel. I can open up and be honest about where I am right now in my walk with God. And I, I know that God's not done with me. And so I have hope. The year 2020, I shared this in community group the other, the other night. The year 2020 was that year of release for me. We, we had a dream on our hearts to plant this church. And I've shared this story many times. I'll probably share it till I die because it's a big year, you know, for all of us. But we had a dream to plant a church. And I was convinced that I had to do it a certain way for it to be successful. Now, there's wisdom in that, right? I was convinced that I had to be a certain person to make it work. I read an article one time and it said, the seven marks of a church planter. Number one, not Gunter. You know, number two, not me. Number three, like, and just went down and I was just so depressed by the time I read the article. I was just like, maybe this isn't God's call on my life because I'm none of these things. And we go to these conferences and the people be up on the stage and I'm like, I'm not like that. Mm, It's nothing like me. And I'd go up and almost throw up in the flower bed because I'm like, we've stepped too far into this. And now I know that this is not God's call on my life because I don't look like them. I don't talk like them. I don't, you know, this insecurity, it'll kill you. Year 2020 was this eye-opening moment for my, in my life when I feel, felt the Lord just say, release, release. Release, release. And I was like, well, I have released everything. No, you hadn't released that. Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons in 2021 when some of you guys started showing up, you're like, who's the pastor? Because I was never up here because I released this. And that was a God thing. That was a purposeful thing. Because if I didn't have my hands on the reins, like my wife just said, this thing could all go to, and it'll be my fault. And everybody will be hurt. And their spiritual lives will be shipwrecked because I didn't do something right. I said the wrong thing. I let this happen when I shouldn't have. You're not made to live with that kind of pressure on your life. And God knows it. And the biggest thing for me about 2020 was just this. And honestly, I don't know that we've, I'm not saying it all rises and falls on leadership, but John Maxwell says it does, so it's kind of, I, I, I mean, I don't know if God had not done that in my life that some of you'd be here because a, a, a controlling man is not a trustworthy man. Yeah. 
and God won't send his kids. You wouldn't send your kids to a daycare that were heavy-handed, would you? Or a, or a daycare that was scared to take care of your kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, control's a big deal, guys. And the longer we hold on, hold on and the, hold, the tighter we hold on, we're just delaying the becoming. We're delaying it. So, talked about me a lot. You've heard these girls' stories. What about you? What's the area of your life that you need to just give up control today? Can we stand to our feet? Are you stuck? That's just the perfect question. It's like, are you stuck today? And could the stuckness be because you've stuck your heels in and you won't move? Andrew, come on, give me some music. So, you know, you don't have to be real churchy with stuff like this. Just give it to him. Just do that right now. what repentance looks like it's like yeah Lord I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry and I'm releasing control <clears throat> for some of us it's um it's finances I mean, it literally consumes us. It all belongs to him anyway. Is it finances in your life? Just, just repent of it. And just, here's the thing about God. It's like anytime he asks for something, he always gives us something better. It's always a trade-up. Is it your marriage? Is it your spouse? Have you tried to control them because you're scared of the rejection or you're scared of how they'll respond to whatever? Is it your spouse? Have you literally just tried, not even to control the situation, but try to control people in your life? Is it your kids? Whatever it is, just right now, maybe just in an act of faith, just put our hands out like we're releasing control. Say, Lord, we just give you this. Just right there under your breath, just tell him what you're releasing to him. We release to you the control, the, the fear, the worry over finances, over our families, over our marriage, over our work, over fill in the blank, the house, the baby, the baby that's on the way all these things, God, we just, we just give them to you. 
God, we repent of thinking that we're in charge of our own spirituality and, and growing and becoming like you. Lord, we choose to partner with you in a healthy way today and not carry the pressure of religion that says, don't do that. So I just break shame off people in this room right now. Just, we just break shame off in the, in the name of Jesus. Shame sounds like re religious. It sounds a little bit like what you think Jesus would say to you, but it's not at all. It's actually just condemnation. And so we just say that's got to go right now in Jesus' name. You be free. Father, thank you for... Um, Thank you for freedom. Thank you for trust. We, we, replace, we replace the control with just trust. We trust you. We trust you. And look up here. And this is how we're going to end. It's going to be super awkward, okay? But we're okay with that around here. Since 2020. Um, <laughs> what's the physical act you need to do to make a move on what God just told you? Some of you, it's literally to take out a checkbook and you're supposed to go give somebody some money because the finances is the thing, right? It's a physical act. For some of you, it's going to your spouse and it's asking forgiveness. I don't know what it looks like, but maybe ask the Lord right now and we'll just take one minute to do that and then I'm gonna pray for you and bless you and then we'll be dismissed, okay? All right. What's the act of obedience look like? All right. Father, thank you for speaking today. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you give us grace to do what you call us to do. We thank you that it's always a trade-up with you. And we thank you that you're making something so beautiful out of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Be blessed. See you Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.